From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, you know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. That's a lot of bees. Yeah. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. That's important. You want an affordable price. Yeah, I do want one. Yeah, if it's too much, well, that's just not going to happen. No. <laughs> State Farm's on it. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. I'm lowering my voice. Mm, Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats to keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Hi, my name is Tig Notaro, and I feel glad about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. This is, of course, the podcast where I, Conan O'Brien, uh, try to use the medium of podcastery. Is that a word? <laughs> yeah. The medium of podcastery to uh, force people <laughs> to be my friends. And so far, it's, it's kind of working, getting a lot of people in here and uh, having great conversations. And of course, I'm aided, as always, by my assistant, Sona Movsesian. Is that the correct pronunciation? It is. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's Armenian. It's, yeah, very Armenian. Very Armenian. Sona and Movsesian are... Actually, Sona's uh, Hindi for gold. So oh. that's... Well, you are gold, Sona. You are gold. I'm waiting. I always wait. Every time you compliment me. <laughs> what are you talking about? I wait. You are gold. You fluctuate in value wildly. There you go. There it is. There it is. And of course, Matt Gorley's here. Hey, Matt. Hey. How are you? Pretty good. I haven't seen you in a little bit. You yeah. Seem, you seem relaxed. You're wearing a t-shirt today. for the. I think I've never seen you in a t-shirt before. You're usually a little more dressed up. You're in a t-shirt as well. Yeah, I wasn't criticizing you. No, I'm no not. I'm, I'm, no, I'm saying we're Why alike. are you crying? <laughs> sort of, why are you crying? <laughs> Just relax. It's all good. Anyway, you look very relaxed and calm. You look great, buddy. You're fired. Uh, Before we go any further, I do want to mention this. If you like this podcast, you can do more than just listen to it. You can wear it (laughs) on your body. That's right. We got swag. Sona, did you know this? We got swag now. I did know this. I saw it. it. Conan O'Brien needs a friend t-shirt. It's a nice Mm t-shirt. And everybody could use a t-shirt and it has my name on it. I can't wear it. When I wear stuff with my name on it, people think I've gone insane. Is my name on it? Uh, It was, but I got it taken off. Oh, God. Yeah, I use scissors on each pair. Anyway. Scream. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a nice t-shirt and it's available now on podswag.com slash Conan. 
podswag.com slash Conan. And hey, if this takes off, there'll be other stuff. There'll be Conan corrective arches, Conan water purifiers, Conan O'Brien needs a friend, dental dams. These are all things that we're going to offer. So cool. What? Do you mean that? Are you being sarcastic? I'm being so sarcastic. Yeah, it almost blew out the mic. Podswag.com slash Conan. Wear this podcast. Uh, I'm excited because today we are talking to uh, someone I really admire and respect, Tig Notaro. Since the first time she came on my show, I've just thought she's got one of the most unique uh, approaches to comedy uh, out there. She's got a very, um, a very individualized voice. Um, there's no one else like her. And I really, I think she's very brave too. She takes a lot of chances in her comedy. And I'm saying all this because she's here and I want to embarrass her. Take, thank you for being here. That's the longest pause recorded in the history of podcasts. You haven't heard me on other podcasts. <laughs> I've done some pretty monumental pausing. Really? Is there going to be some long pausing in here uh, today? Well. That was pretty good right there. You, um. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I calculate you burn about two calories a year. I think walking to the studio mm-hmm. from the front door, what I thought was the studio into your podcast studio. I'm yeah. certain I burned many a calorie walking here. Uh, yes. Our, we should come clean. We're in the Warner Brothers studio, but people walk into the giant studio, which houses the television show. But then you keep walking and walking and walking. And then mm-hmm. you have to walk for about 10 minutes to get here. No, I know. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You told me you did it, and then I got I my ten thousand steps in today. <laughs> okay. Getting okay. here. Let's see, well, <laughs> what, do, what do you think of my statement? Take uh, you're a hilarious person. I admired your comedy style the first time I saw you, but you have, uh, and not but you have, and you have, you have nerves of steel. You will risk anything. You are not afraid to completely go with almost zero energy sometimes, almost next to no energy at all, and just use the power of your thoughts to make people really laugh very hard. I don't have that kind of courage. Uh, I have to use my body the way a clown would. Uh, That's and do... courageous. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really isn't. Um, it's, uh, it's what I call a last resort. Uh, you once, when the first time you came on our show, I think you just pushed a stool back and forth yeah, to get the noise of the stool, and when I heard that you were going to do try something like that, I thought there's a 98 percent chance that this just won't work. Do you know what my one regret was that day? Was that I didn't do it the entire time that I was on <laughs> the show because I opened with some jokes, right? And that was me being a coward. Um, oh, so you did actually show a little bit of uh, fear. Is that what you're saying? Well, I just, I think that it wasn't even fear. It was just, um, that was like the the set that I'd put together. Right. I was like, oh, these jokes, and then I'll end with pushing a stool around for a few minutes. And then um, as my big closer. Yeah, listen to what you just said. <laughs> what you just said is I'll do some jokes and then I'll go to my surefire. I will push a stool big finale. around mm-hmm. uh, in front of people. And 
the joke was just the noise kind of that the stool made mm-hmm. and just the nerve. I think it was the nerve of what you're doing and the stool did make kind of a funny sound as you pushed it. Mm-hmm. When you started to do it, my heart was in my mouth <laughs> because I thought- What's, I'm in love. I'm in love. <laughs> I'm in love and I know this woman's in love with me. <laughs> I have no doubt that she's attracted to me. Um, yeah. And and I think that's a special kind of person, especially in comedy. Comedians, and I put myself in this category, uh, there's a neediness, no matter how much we try to get away from the neediness. And you seem very unique, and this is a compliment. I don't see the neediness at all. I don't see it. So how does that work? Well, I don't know how it works, but I don't feel needy. I mean, there, of course, there's hints of neediness. I mean, I'm on stage, but I um, I also feel like I've become more comfortable and confident. And now I want to do a great job when I am performing. Right. And I, I know that when I started out and I was doing the road and I was going through middle America and... Um, you know, sometimes people would come up to me and just be like, oh, thank you so much. We've been um, saving up our money for a, a babysitter and to go out to eat. And uh, this was just such a fun night. And it was a, I remember it really hit me like, oh, right. There are some people that don't have the luxury of just going out whenever they want, whether it's for financial reasons or getting a babysitter. And that kind of motivated me, like, you have to do a great job every time you get on stage, because there could be somebody that saved their money to go see you, Yeah, yeah. and you did a terrible job. But um, I also just think that in the, the bigger picture of life, of looking at what we're all doing and what I'm doing in that moment, it's, it's hilarious. It, even if I'm bombing sometimes, I think it's kind of amusing even though I want to do a good job and get the crowd back when I was preparing for my special a couple of years ago I went to a club in Florida and there was a poster promoting my appearance that said um Tignotaro from Garfunkel and Oates and I was like oh my god this is this is so amazing this is a show on IFC they got canceled after one season. Then my friends had me on one episode briefly. <laughs> and So uh, you had appeared on Garfunkel and Oates. I had as a guest star so briefly. Right. And I was like, that means that probably whoever was making this poster was so unfamiliar with me that they Googled me and that was what their eyeballs saw somewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, so they just put that as my credit. And uh, and then I went in and proceeded to have the worst show of my career in years. So Describe, now, is it, it's a, there's a silence. Is, is the crowd is quiet? Yes, sir. Very quiet. <laughs> Please. That was what indicated. We're getting this down for the record. Yes. Uh, so it was a- It was quiet. It was it a was, crime scene. It was, it was so- hilariously bad for where I was in my career. I don't feel like I bombed that terribly anymore. Right. And um, and I was trying to do theaters and clubs and colleges and living rooms and whoever would take me to just really work out this material. And here I was in a comedy club in Florida 
and nothing was working. And I finally was just like, I just started laughing in the middle of my sentence. I was like, you guys, I was flown here <laughs> to do this show and they're paying me money and like I like I normally even do bigger venues than this right and it usually goes well and nothing I'm saying is registering with this entire room this is do you this that is at least funny to you right I was like that has to be funny did and they, they did they like that they were kind of Looking at me like, yeah, I guess that is kind of funny. And then I just, I got off stage and I went and sat down with this couple that was sitting in the front row at their table. And I was like, what is happening? Like, I, how is it, you guys collectively are baffled by me. Mm -hmm. And once I started talking to this couple in the front row, I think there was a collective response of like, yeah, this is funny. This isn't going well. And we, we were just all sitting in that moment talking about where I was like, what do you think? What is it where you do you want more energy? Do you wish I was more vulgar or and we were just kind of having this open discussion within <laughs> it the, became like a town hall meeting. Yeah. And about I was, your comedy. Yeah. And, and I was sitting at the table with somebody. I just abandoned the stage and I was just like, what can we do? to make this better because I am not <laughs> like a focus group. Yeah. 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 I was like, I'm not what you're looking for. This is fantastic. And so by after a certain point, everybody it kind of turned the ship around and they were on my side. And then I went back on stage and then I started performing again and I somehow made sense to them and I was able to leave the show with some dignity. But I think that I just have that feeling of it's really not a big deal, whatever happens. Because I yeah. do feel like everything's ultimately okay. I, I don't think you could have done that if it was your first night up no. there. This, took, this is the fact that you knew yourself. You knew you had something to offer. And you were getting a completely different reading that enabled you to go down and say, like, let's talk about this. Yeah, but there's also, I have it on film, this uh, very early, in my first year of stand-up, <laughs> I was doing an open mic at a coffee shop, and my friend Derek had come to videotape me. I think probably because I had told him that I was making some progress and, <laughs> and uh, things were going well with my material. And so he came down, he came down and he was filming me. And... Um, Nobody was laughing except Derek in this high-pitched, hysterical fit of laughter because nobody was laughing at me. And that was the first time I experienced that moment of like, this is hilarious. Yeah. Nobody, nobody thinks what I'm saying is funny. <laughs> and, I, and it amused me. And on stage, I just, I started genuinely laughing because, um, and I felt, I felt comfortable in it. But it, again, I'm not anti-comedy. Like I'm not, right, right. I don't want to make people miserable, but I do think some people think um, some things I do can be considered anti-comedy, but I, I really, I want people to laugh. I want people to have a good time. Right. 
Um, you want to be an entertainer, not a performance artist who no. alienates the crowd. No. or you know. <clears throat> but I do know that there are times when I have alienated crowds, and and they're like, um, don't think it's funny, not for me, and I don't blame them one bit. My goal is to make everybody laugh. And I have to say, I think it's odd that um, you feel like you um, don't, that you're, whatever you said about, I don't know, did you say clown suit for yourself? To me... No one ever said clown, you just said that. (laughs) That was cruel. Uh, I think to, I did say to yeah. Me, no, that to I, me, that's that's yeah. whatever that is about your personality. Um, you have the epitome of the off kilter delivery and way and sensibility that it. It's like oh, I want to. Oh, that's, I want to. I want to play with that. That's cool. I do. I'm just will admit, being 100 percent honest. I. I do. I will. I always want people to be happy when they leave, and uh, I want the show to be funny. And I don't want to let anybody down. And so, and my wife is always, or anyone who's with me is always commenting on when I'm out in the world. I will go entertain other tables in a restaurant. Mm. Uh, I and that's that's where. Um, I think We're the different. word that yes, that's where the needing <laughs> that's where the neediness comes in. <laughs> we are different. I don't see you doing that. Uh, no. I will. I I am just as happy making a table full of people at uh, at a restaurant at an Italian restaurant laugh really hard as I am if it's happening on my show. <laughs> and that baffles my children and my wife. They don't understand. Well, where where I confuse my wife is when I. Um, when I get acting jobs or anywhere I'm working, uh, I love connecting with people and like finding my buddies and mm-hmm. having a good time. And that's like solely the reason why I take jobs is if it sounds fun, I yeah. want to go, oh, I want to go do that or be around that person. And Stephanie laughs at me. I mean, I'm the person that's solely there to make friends. And um, I'm not there to forward my career in any way. I'm not there to do anything. And I I call her from from set and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I had the best time (laughs) with Matt Gorley. Mm -hmm. We were doing this bit where he was- You lost me and I had the best time with Matt Gorley. (laughs) Hey, hey, take it easy, clown dick. (laughs) He was um, the closest to me. I, I don't feel- that with Matt, of course, but I, um, but yeah, when I'm on, on sets, I'm like, I cannot wait to have the best time of my life. And she's like, Oh my God, I cannot believe what a nerd you are out there making friends. Sometimes I feel the need to play up that my day was harder than it actually was when I come home. I can't hide it. Because I, 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 you know, I want my wife who, you know, she's working really hard, uh, on her projects and she's also working hard doing so much work with the kids and then I come home and sometimes I put a little English on the ball mm-hmm. and I'll be like oh no you know we had to do the show and then we had this podcast it's like well no you one of your favorite people <laughs> Tig came over and you just talked about comedy you talked about your clown suit my clown suit <laughs> yeah exactly it's a very good sound by the way it's my clown horn That's, can you do that again no please I only had one in me Jesus <laughs> that's fantastic wow. you are a very needy performer. 
See, look at that. She has no. I'm giving. I'm telling you now. She has no device. Tig is making that noise, and that reveals you to be. You're going to be playing Vegas in two years. <laughs> Sometimes I close my shows with the clown horn for 20 minutes. <laughs> And then I make fun of grown men that are like, do it again. Do it one more time. I'm like, sir, all right. <laughs> and then we just, we laugh. laugh. I love it. We, I'm just delighted by it the same amount every time, which seems strange. <laughs> that seems a sign of low intelligence Can on my part. Can you try it? So, let me hear it one more time. <laughs> Whoa. That's, That's not bad, right? No. <laughs> that was bad. That one was. You're getting worse. It's getting worse. Yeah. I have to hear you Let's do it. Let's take a break and then not go to commercial. Oh, it's like, time for commercial. No, 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 no. I still have things that I want to talk <laughs> okay, about. I understand. We're going to go. Do you uh, know Matt and I went and saw Journey and Def Leppard together? We did. <laughs> why? What do you mean why? Why? Because it's there. Uh, because do you take sugar one, one lump, lump or, or two? two? My favorite line in a <laughs> rock and roll song. You know what my favorite line is? Bachman Turner Overdrive. BTO. BTO says you can, you know, you can get a guitar and you might go far if you fall in with the right group of fellows. (laughs) I love that. It's supposed to be the hardest rocking song, taking care of business. You know, and uh, TCB by BTO. Exactly, wow. and then they, and then they say, you know, you can get a guitar and you might go far if you fall in with the right bunch of fellows. <laughs> what? <laughs> Suddenly they became your elderly aunt <laughs> who was saying you might go far in rock and roll if you fall in with some nice fellows. <laughs> I, it's a it's a just one word that completely ruins the whole song, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but BTO you take sugar. One lump or two. And th- well, thank you, Joe Elliott. I'll take two. <laughs> so you like it when rock and roll, hard driving, uh, almost heavy metal rock and roll has sort Could of a- also be your elderly aunt. Yes. Offering you- he looks like an elderly aunt. Too, oh, he at this really point. does. But yeah. we're, who, is this a Def Leppard or yeah, Joe yeah, Elliott? Joe Elliott. Yeah. yeah. Oh, take it easy. Listen, <laughs> you don't want to upset me. All right. Um, I spent a, a, a vacation once with the drummer for Def Leppard. Rick Allen. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, my girlfriend at the time and I, many many years ago, were on an island in Rick Allen. Yeah. You know it was Rick Allen. There's no other drummer for Def Leppard. Well, also, can we be frank here? He's he's the one armed drummer. Yeah. And uh, I immediately saw him, and I was like, Wow, that's the drummer for Def Leppard. Yeah. Rick and, Allen. Yeah. Yes, Rick Allen. <laughs> um. Anyway, I. Uh, <laughs> I got to know him and his girlfriend, I think his wife at the time. Rick when you're, Allen? Yeah. Uh, when you, um, <laughs> this is going to give people epilepsy, this episode. We spent a, I spent a lot of time on that island with that guy because there was nowhere to go. Rick Allen? <laughs> and um, got to know him and his wife really well. And then You said girlfriend. I think it was girlfriend or wife. I don't recall. Well, maybe they got married on the island. Who? No, they didn't. Rick Allen. <laughs> From Def Leppard? The one. Oh, God. Right. Listen. Uh, Are you still in touch with him? <laughs> well, no, because, after, <laughs> because afterwards, 
afterwards, I think, and I have to be careful about what I say here because I want to get, you know, in, in legal trouble of some kind. But very shortly after he left. It if you were in court against, <laughs> against Def Leppard. Yeah. And uh, oh, to be on that jury. To be on that jury. Uh, Conan O'Brien versus the Def Leppard drummer. Yeah. Rick uh, Allen. Yes, I know. I'm not awesome. going to say it. So, uh, we spent a long time on this island, and then so I sort of got to know both of them more than I thought I wanted to, or I'll be honest, more than I wanted to. And then weeks after leaving the island, I read in the paper that he dragged her through like an airport by the hair. Oh, and that no. was his and wife. It was was it then? That was his wife. Uh-huh. And this was just after getting to know them. So I decided not to get to know him better. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that's not what you were looking for in a friend. Um, you know, a guy who's uh, and decisive. He, he did that, but he has one arm, and he was doing that. That's I'll cut that, but that's just oh man, that what? somehow makes. Can you keep that in? <laughs> no. you yeah. Why would you cut that? Why would well, you cut that? Just the image of of like that kind of abuse, but the fact that he's doing that with one arm also is such a strange vision. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, we're in we're on rocky shoals. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about domestic yeah. abuse. Yeah. We're talking and about laughing about it. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not laughing. Sona's laughing. Uh, You're smiling uh, really big. No, that's not a smile. That's gas. <laughs> I uh, take uh, domestic abuse very seriously. Uh, be it with. Uh, Have we come back? From the cut, we yes. didn't. We didn't. Uh, I don't even know what's being cut here. All right, anymore. here we go. We don't have the money to cut these things. <laughs> and you're on. <laughs> yep. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We may not come back. Mm. I'm not sure, but we'll be back very soon. Mm. Or will we? Here we go with the break. So, no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. (laughs) California, Sona. No matter where you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So, Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. Connor Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT, introducing ADT Self Setup. Featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT self-setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self-setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams. They can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, on every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now, everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term 
contracts. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, <laughs> you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. (laughs) I was telling people no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified, unified business, business management, management suite. suite. You yes. said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis, netsuite.com slash Conan. Take, we're back. Hi. How's it going? Good. So much to talk about. What I do is I'm a bit of a zealot. I click into the energy of the person I'm with, mm-hmm. and I and I kind of match it. So when Gallagher was here on the podcast, <laughs> and he was smashing things, mm-hmm. I was very hyperkinetic. Mm-hmm. When Carrot Top was here, I was all over the place. When mm-hmm. Howie Mandel, he's been here for six episodes in a row, I was you know uninvited. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he just he, we actually put a door in so Howie can't get in. <laughs> And we sprayed the place with uh, germs because he's a germaphobe. But um, I match their energies, but today I'm matching your energy. And I find, do you think that I'm uh, uh, matching Tig a little bit? Yeah, I, I'm I've very noticed low, that. I'm You're very really low, chill. I'm really chill. Have I bummed you out? You haven't okay. at all. No, no, you haven't bummed me out. I just don't want to look like a fool by having my energy go up high like any great jazz musician. Mm-hmm. And I am a great jazz musician. I like to find the energy of my partner in jazz and then see we just made that happen together that's Tig and then I come in is this an instrument or your um, your human voice instrument that you're doing that's just my voice. That's me scatting. Oh, oh right, right, right. Okay. Remember? Yeah. Ella Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. scatting. Yeah. Zoop-bop-ba-doop-ba-dip-bow. Uh, I am an incredible... <laughs> person. I'm an incredible person. I'm a historic figure. And I think that I am matching your energy right now. And like I said, you are very self-contained. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell a story about Tig. <laughs> Not long ago, I went on a tour, and before I went on the tour to do some comedy stylings, I wanted to try out my material uh, in front of nice audiences. Tig very kindly invited me to come and do her show, the show that you do at Largo. 
Every month. Every month. And so I said... Uh, I'm down there making clown horns. <laughs> clown horn noises. And then the crowd, standing ovation, and then they all file out just like, wow. Yeah, that was she incredible. Did again. She did it again. Uh, you invited me to come along. I was backstage waiting to go on, and you open the show. You don't even go out on stage. This is how cool a customer, and no one says that anymore, but they should. This is how cool a customer Tig is. You're backstage with a mic, and you open the whole show, and you're not even on stage. They can't see you, and you're just talking, and you were destroying. And I thought, you actually never really have to go out there. <laughs> you could have just stayed backstage the whole time. That was like a magic trick. Thank you. I started doing it a couple of years ago. But I like to have only one performer before me. After I got married and had kids, and I just... Uh, was kind of winding down the hanging out in comedy clubs every night. I wanted to start really utilizing my time on stage at Largo. So I just have one opener that does anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. And then I um, get to it, get off stage. Wow. Get home by nine. You're, brush uh, my teeth. Right. You want to spend more wash time. Wash my face. You want to spend. Get in bed. You should brush your teeth after you wash your face. Why? I don't like the order. <laughs> See, I like to brush my teeth, and then if I get toothpaste on my face, I can wash it right off. You just wipe it off with a towel really quickly. All right, I'll try that tonight. <laughs> you wash your face first. It's uh -huh. an, it's, uh, it opens the pores. It's calming. And, and, then, and then you brush the teeth. And uh, your pajamas should already be on by that point. Mm -hmm. That's the first step. Okay, my nightgown. <laughs> nightgown? I know. You didn't picture it. No, I didn't. I yeah. pictured you in pajamas. No, I wear a long nightgown, <laughs> one that I have to lift up slightly so I don't trip on it. Do you also wear a nightcap? I don't. You'd think I do, but I uh, lift my little nightgown a little, and then I walk over, I blow the candle out, and then I have to walk back across the room in darkness and hope I don't trip over the cat. I'm going to get in bed. Have you ever heard a noise in the night, lit the candle, and with your nightgown, and if you'll permit me the image, your nightcap, mm -hmm. and gone looking through the house? Of course. And uh, gone down a long staircase mm -hmm. and found a rogue mouse with a piece of cheese and, yes, sir. and scolded it? Yes. And then gone back up to your bed? Mm -hmm. I would just, thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to picture that. Um <laughs> I um, I don't want to get in trouble for this, but my wife's my wife's father, a lovely man, wears a Dickensian nightcap when he goes to sleep. And I've seen him come out of the bedroom when he to investigate a noise or to use the restroom, and he's wearing a nightcap that uh, that that. <laughs> Having a great time. <laughs> He's wearing a nightcap. That's what that, you're looking for in a podcast. Yeah. For someone to, to yeah. say that. Yeah. But he uh, he's wearing a nightcap um, that uh, <laughs> that Scrooge wears when the ghosts come. And did you just check that off on your list no, of things to ask or I tell didn't. me? No, I wrote Scrooge. <laughs> I just wrote, I don't even know why I wrote Scrooge. I just wrote Scrooge. But yes, and I, I don't want to sell him out because he's a lovely guy. And yeah. I, I really, oh God, but he does. He wears a nightcap and people need to know it. And, um, um, 
I I needed to get that out. Well, there. hopefully nobody listens to this podcast. He listens to this podcast. <laughs> He's your one subscriber. He is the one guy listening. Yeah, I, but, I, I, uh, don't, I, uh, I don't. Right now, out of shame, he's pulling the nightcap over his eyes and over his face <laughs> and hiding. Over his whole body. And over his whole body. <laughs> it's in now a body condom. Yeah, I don't really wear a nightgown. I didn't think you did. Yeah. I've uh, been doing a bit on stage lately where when I um, get to the part of me in bed, I mention that I'm in a nightgown and I feel the audience a little confused. And then I have to let them know that it's okay. I know, I know what they're feeling. You you let them know that you understand there's a disconnect. Yeah, I don't really wear a nightgown. And then there's a. <laughs> I'm disappointed to be honest. You're disappointed. Yeah. Well, Gorley, you're a very uh, weird fast- man. Yeah. You want us all in nightgowns all the time. Yeah, I would like that. I'd like. To, I think you do well to picture everyone in a nightgown. You know. No, you're a creep. No, just not, through and through. Not a creep. You kind of are. <laughs> yeah. You got a creepy side too, and I'm going to crack it at some point. <laughs> Bring it on. Let me ask you. You had this huge. Uh, you and Stephanie have, have these children. Are you these, talking to me or Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at Matt, but talking to you. Oh, that's okay. my interviewing style. Okay, because that's like, oh, this is interesting. I find that I get, <laughs> I get more honest answers out of people. Right now, I'm not looking at Tig. I'm yeah. looking away from Tig, but I'm talking to Tig. And uh, I'm curious. You and Stephanie have these two children. Yeah, we, we do. Uh, Matt? No, Matt. I'm not talking to you. I'm just looking Sorry. at you as I talk to you. Okay. Is this something where when you talk about them in your comedy, do you ever feel guilty? I get this hitch now when I talk about people. If, if I have an idea about my kids or something, I get this like little hitch. Like, can I talk about that? Can I talk about my kids? Or do you just go for it? It's a new thing. That I'm thinking about because I didn't think about it at all. I just looked at everything as, well, yeah, if it happens, I'll talk about it. And my parents didn't um, edit me and I would share certain stuff on stage that my mother used to move the air from one cheek to the other, back to the other, if she was uncomfortable with something. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you're uncomfortable with what I just said. And she'd be like, no, I'm not. And then she'd move the air back and forth, cheek to cheek. And I was like, you're moving air from... And she's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but, um, but she didn't want to ever edit me. And, um, and I think being raised that way of like, do what you want, think what you want, say what you want, I just kind of did it. It well, just... We've both known comedians that... I've had over the years many comics come on and they'll they'll just tear apart their kids. You know, it's almost like a school of comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids are so stupid. They're yeah. dicks. Yeah, I wish they'd die. Uh. Wouldn't it be great if kids died? And you're you know you you. And then afterwards, sometimes I'll see them go out in the hallway and their mm-hmm. kids are there. And they're mm-hmm. like, "How was it?" Yeah, <laughs> and the kids are like, "It was good." Yeah. And I just, I, I think, uh, wow, you know, uh, even when the material is really solid, uh, <laughs> I question that. I right. question, how can you, how do you separate that? How, do you, how are you able to, you know what I mean? My material is nothing like that. I don't know if you're familiar no. with me, but I. Um, I've seen you do a lot of stuff like, yeah, fuck them and <laughs> stupid Italians. And I mean, it's very, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you have whole chunks that are just like. Stupid Italians. Stupid Italians. <laughs> and look at those. Well, yeah, fat kids. I see some fat kids. Yeah. And then, you, you know, when you, that whole time in your career, you're just going, yeah, fat people, what's the deal? Well, speaking of fat people, 
Um, well, here she goes again with one of her patented cruel routines. My son, mm-hmm. and here I am <laughs> sharing information, but we have an au pair from Scotland, and he is just this remarkable man. He's so beyond his years. He's 26. He's a triathlete. He's vegan. He's he's a thoughtful person. He's writing a book. He, he's just... He's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And he walked out of the room the other day, and my son Max said, there goes big old fat Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and Stephanie and I were like, <laughs> uh, first of all, he, he's, he's a triathlete. Yeah. And second of all, nobody in our house has ever... Right. Ever said anything like that about anyone. Yeah. And truly, where did he get that? <laughs> right. And then Andy was going to the gym the other night, and Max was like, stinky Andy. <laughs> <laughs> where is this coming from? Wow. Yeah. Don Rickles passed. His spirit must have gone somewhere. <laughs> Probably around this. He, I think he passed away sometime around the time that your children were born. So but there you go. Was that an example of like, should I be sharing that about? That's harmless. Yeah. I feel like everything That's okay. that I've shared about my kids is pretty harmless. Yeah. But, um, but I still do feel I don't want to embarrass them. I want them to think I'm cool. Actually, the first time in my life I really cared about what someone thinks about me is Stephanie and my kids. Yeah, I feel, that's appropriate. But I, I, it's something unfamiliar to me. Hmm. I, I, of course, want people to like me, but not to this level of, I really care. Right. I really care. And, it's, and I'm amused that I'm in this situation where I, uh, where I care that much. I've been on the new uh, Star Trek series. I know. And so I tell the boys that I work on a spaceship, a space rocket. And so that's what they think I do. You are, and I've told you this, you are the last person <laughs> in the world I would thought would be, would have picked to be in a sci-fi action series. I didn't series. pick it. I didn't pick to be in that. They picked you. They picked me. That's, it's, it's. Uh, have you seen it, a picture of me in my suit? Yes, I have. It, it makes sense when you see me in my suit. Yes, but I feel like that is true. I didn't. I didn't see this coming. I didn't think it made sense. I thought. I think it'd be great if you, this was your plan all along. I to take end the tarot. Up on Star Trek. I'm going to do this particular act that I do, and I'm going to get this following, yeah. and then I'm going to get a, a conventional Star Trek series. My comedy has sent me to outer space. Yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Those are the best things when you just don't know. Mm-hmm. I've had many things in my career, you know, Nobel Peace Prize and uh, various uh, accolades and awards that I didn't see coming. Sure. A lot of my career has been a mystery to me and I think uh, to many people around me. Okay. You okay? What's the matter with you? Nothing. I had, I, you looked at me like you wanted me to say something. And <laughs> no, so I wanted I, approval. I was just like, okay. I wanted approval from Well, you, you. have to... <laughs> there, you're back. You just needed to take a break from the clown horn. Okay. Could you? Do you think you could ever play Vegas? <laughs> um, I love the idea of you in a room at Vegas having a residency. Have you played Vegas? I have, and um, I actually have a, a story on um, 
my HBO special about my Vegas experience. Okay. What happened was I was opening for a comedian. It uh, it wasn't going great. And in between the early and late show, I just stayed in the venue in a back corner table. And um, my agent called me and said, hey, um, the venue was thinking it was kind of weird that you just hang out <laughs> at that uh, What a table. sad phone call. Yeah, and asked if you could please leave between the early and late show. And I was like, oh, <laughs> how embarrassing. So, I, uh, so on top of not doing well while right. I was doing the shows, they've made a call to ask me to please stop hanging out between shows. They want and, you out of the theater. Yeah. And so there was an ice cream shop. So I would go have an ice cream between the early and late show and sit in the ice cream shop, <laughs> spend my time there, and then go back and do the late show. And um, and after each show, you're um, expected to hang out and shake hands and with the audience. And, um, and so I would do that. And um, one night, I um, went back to my hotel room. Oh, also, the end of the week. It was the end end mm-hmm. of the week, and I had gone to get paid by the guy that had booked me, and um, he wrote me a check, and then I, I left, went back to my hotel room, and I hung out in my room, checked my email, whatever, and then I went in to uh, brush my teeth and wash my face in that order. Mm-hmm. I hope so. And... Uh, when I looked at myself in the mirror, I had a chocolate ice cream mustache. <laughs> and I was, I could not believe what I was seeing. It wasn't like. Uh, subtle. It wasn't subtle. And so what, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, no. And then I started laughing hysterically because I realized I had done an entire show with an ice cream mustache and shook hands with people <laughs> and then went and sat and got paid by the guy that had asked me to please go find something else to do <laughs> as I sat there waiting for him uh-huh. to write me the check and, uh, and then sat in my hotel room just checking emails with a chocolate mustache uh, for like an hour. So you're like saying, so you're saying, Vegas. <laughs> so not, no more Vegas for you. Vegas has not. It's. I don't think it's my place. Right. You know. I. Uh, it's very. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's just a strange experience. I've had really good experiences there, but I've also felt like, why am I here? It mm-hmm. can feel kind of antiseptic. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a real thing happening. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That. The, but. Uh, but yeah, I also find the the fact that everyone there is doing something that I actively loathe. Which is gambling. I just don't care about gambling. Mm-hmm. And everybody is in love. Everyone goes there to gamble. Right. I mean, Sona, you've gone to Vegas. I love many- Vegas. You love <clears throat> Vegas. I do. I do. I'm sorry. I, I love Don't be it. sorry. I, I really, en- I've never not had fun in Vegas. I've always had a really great time. Even I went to see Cher with my mom and my best friend and her mom. Well, that sounds and we fun. had the best weekend. But even nights where I would, I mean, I would go there. I would do U-turns with my friends. That was fun. And then, What is U-turns? I'm glad you asked. Why don't you explain? Because uh, you've done quite a lot of U-turns in your day. I haven't done quite. I've done like a few. It's you when did a you, lot. You drive out to Vegas. You don't have a hotel room. You just 
party all night and then go to Denny's and then drive back the next morning. And it's a, it's a U-turn. Yeah. yeah. That is horrendous. Yeah. yeah. No, this it's is something amazing. Sona did you, when she, she was very, very young at the time. It was about two years ago. Uh, <laughs> Do you, are you one of the people walking around with a big plastic drink? That, no, no. But I am one of those people who is, you know, going to, well, I used to be when I would go to the clubs and bars and stuff and then just party all night. It was fun. Did you used to change uh, out of your evening dress in the parking lot? Into we, a nightgown? Into a, in, in the car. <laughs> into, a night, into a nightgown. Are you a big drinker? I used to be a, you know, I used to party. Sure. I feel like that's what that is. I'm not a big drinker. So to me, yeah. it's like all night and then Denny's and drive home. It's, yeah. I, I, I don't understand. It sounds like a punishment. Yeah. It sounds like you have... Stolen army secrets. Um, we could send you to Guantanamo, or we could make you go to Vegas, stay up all night, and uh, then turn. and then do a you know ch- change in the parking lot, go to Denny's, and drive home. Yeah, I don't know which one I would take. I presented an award at the Grammys one year, and mm-hmm. they gave me a package, and it was a weekend in Vegas. Oh. And um, Stephanie and I went in the early days of our relationship we got a penthouse there Mm -hmm. and it looked like motley crew had been partying and having sex in there for a decade and then they handed it over to us (laughs) it was so um like so gross and uh we got we had we got tickets to free shows and uh, it was the jacksons without michael it was meatloaf with meatloaf. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> It'd be great if it was meatloaf without meatloaf. <laughs> um, it was, I, I was lying in bed in our um, hotel room, thoroughly grossed out, really struggling with some germ issues of mine. And I didn't want to reveal to Stephanie that I was so lame but I wanted to go home. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to lie in bed in my clothes and not brush my teeth and wash my face in that order right. and just go to bed. And And I said, hey, do you think tomorrow after our House of Blues brunch, <laughs> we could just head back to Vegas? And she's like, oh, yeah. And I thought she was going to be like, no, I want to stay for the right. ridiculous low rent Vegas weekend the Grammys gifted us. But she was like, no, let's head back. And I was like, really? I was like, what about, what if we just left now? What if we just, and she was like, yeah, that sounds good too. And it was like. So you married the right person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Um, but I want to have a good time in Vegas. Yeah. And I'm hoping whoever hears this will gift us a nice time in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're about to take a break. We're not going to take a break. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Civil War. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you prepared for this, right? You yeah. Were, you were told. Well, I used to draw Civil War portraits as a child. Is that true? Yeah. I just said Civil War at random. No, then, I was— This, ob- is, this is my— uh, uh, Talent. Maybe my talent. Thank you. I was obsessed with the with the Civil War portraits when I was nine. and <laughs> Like a little girl, like most little girls. So instead of—that's what little girls do is they draw iconic Civil War generals. Mm-hmm. Who did I, you draw? Anybody and everybody. I just loved the big mustache and mm-hmm. the, I just loved how intense 
Yeah, I seriously yeah. were. I was just, you know, I also carried a briefcase full of Star Wars action figures. What? Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> yeah, I heard you. And, yeah, uh, I heard you. So you drew. That's this is big. a nine-year-old girl uh, mm-hmm. drawing uh, Longstreet, mm-hmm. Grant, mm-hmm. Lee, <laughs> Mead, uh, Burnside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brains Halleck, you know, drawing these uh, Civil War portraits. generals and portraits, mm-hmm. and then carrying around a briefcase, uh, briefcase filled Star with Wars, Star, Wars Star Wars action figures. So you're Boba Fett. Sure. You're mm-hmm. uh, Half North. Yes. Uh, no, no, that's not. That was, uh, it was Drip uh, Drip no. Path. No, no. Uh, Gloop. No. Uh, mm-hmm. No. But the other uh, ones. Yeah. Sarth Bith. No. Farth Dath. No. Mm-mm. It's such a popular thing, it's actually hard to make up wrong ones, but I'm doing it consistently. <laughs> well, people always tell me my name sounds like a Star It does, Wars it does, figure. yeah. There's Star, Star Wars It does, character. yeah. Dignitaro's yeah. yeah. leading, uh, leading the rebellion. And meanwhile, in Star Trek. Well, yeah, and you're in Star Trek. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Was, it, was it like a businessman's briefcase or that carrying case that they made that was a briefcase? It was a businessman. It was my stepfather's. He was <sighs> uh, getting rid of his briefcase, and I was like, Wait, you're getting rid of that? And I was, I was like, I've got Star Wars business. Can to I do. have that? <laughs> and so I carried my pencils and notebook uh-huh. paper for class, uh-huh. but also my Star Wars action figures. And I, I thought it was the greatest thing. I sat down at my desk and open it up, and I can't even imagine what my teacher. I know I'm not your soulmate, but you're my soulmate. No, I think you might be my soulmate. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Wait, Very. were you also into the Civil War? Yeah. Well, I, I, I have drawn Civil War stuff, but I was like a World War II guy more. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Can we do a podcast called uh, Soulmates? Oh, let's do it. I mean, there's How probably, about right now? Yeah, let's do it. You're listening to the Soulmates, soulmates with, with Tig and, and Matt. Matt. So which did you... Did you uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Oh Garland. my gosh, our wives are not going to want to hear this. No, they're not. They've already got issues, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I feel a responsibility to get this thing back under control. I feel <laughs> this it's, is wildly off track. I feel it's drifted. It's uh, become unprofessional. Mm-hmm. And I'm... This is my podcast. Yeah, I understand. I, I apologize. Control. Yeah. We're going to get started in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning this into my own podcast. Very nice. Yeah. Do you camp? Yes. I'm a very good camper. Are you? No, I'm not. Good camper. <laughs> I'm a good camper. Anyone who says I'm a very good camper has never gone camping. So, no, I'm not a good camper. <laughs> We're hap- you know, happy campers. That's what an elderly aunt would also say, to mm-hmm. go back to your elderly aunt. And if you get a guitar, you just might go far if you fall in with the right group of fellows. Oh Rick Allen? All right. <laughs> okay. I'm closing it down. Um, Tig. Uh, Wait, this is, this is the end. Yeah, I'm stopping this. I'm stopping this. You can't as the res- stop this. Yes, I can. The momentum that we have picked up. You want to stop me. You have that intense Tom Cruise stare that says, I want to stop this, but I have to stop it. I want to thank you for being here. I know you have, you have a family. I don't have anything. <laughs> what? All I have is this podcast. (laughs) That makes the pressure on me to not end it then is incredible. If this is all you have, then when I stop this podcast, it's literally ending your life. My life will go on, but this is what has brought me joy. This is what everything was leading up to. Was this podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, it's over. The best part of your life is done. Thank you. Tignataro, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And I you? Um, What do you mean I you? That doesn't really hook up. 
And us, we. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. I'm a fan. Guys, okay. I hate to interrupt, but I have to go. <laughs> I got to say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And oh. for good reason. It's an absolute hit. Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever. Okay? Okay. But lately I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do. Partner events where you can build on each other's boards and Crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for. Or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees that have fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah. And we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up. And I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Conan. a bit of a phenomenon that um, I wanted to talk about. I might need the help of Adam Sachs uh, to jump in here. Adam, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you, Conan? I'm good. Uh, Adam's uh, one of the incredible brains uh, behind uh, our podcast, and it's uh, good to have you here, Adam. Adam, I've mentioned this to you, and I think you've noticed it as well. We'll have these comedy guests come in, like a Tig Notaro, or most recently, Patton Oswalt. And they see me, they come into the room. We are about to like shake hands or hug. Hey, Patton. Hey, Conan. You know, hey, Tig, it's really good to see you. It's really good. And just as that's about to happen, you say hi and they look over at you and you say, uh, Matt Gorley, we worked together on Thubadub, some other podcast that you did. Yeah, Thubadub. 
seriously, you can give me some of the names of the podcast. What are they? Uh, Matt's podcast. Yeah. So he's got super ego. Uh huh. He's got James bonding. Uh huh. Sure I was there too. Going. Yeah. I was there too. Yeah. Uh, another one where he talks about, um, people who had had small parts in, in big movies. Yeah. Um, so you, you, I mean the fact that you're continuing to list them, means you're just <laughs> oh, there's a, more, there's, there's, a, there's just, one about there's um, hundreds the of Friday them. movies. Or, yeah. Or, no, no, Jason Voorhees, Jason Voorhees. Oh yeah. Right. yeah. I thought but, you uh, the next Friday. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to establish this connection so we can have this podcast and people come in the room and then they see you and you go like, Oh yeah, you know, I know you from, you know, Fridays, Mondays, or, you know, the chili beef stew podcast where we talk about chili beef too and they're like oh right 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 and you're like yeah and remember the time that and you're like yeah 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 and I'm, I'm standing there you yeah. know with my you dick all- in my hands because I'm thinking yeah. I'm, well, you know what am I supposed to say here I don't know what you guys are talking about and suddenly this vital connection that I need to have with the Patton Oswalt or Tig Notero or one of these comedy luminaries is, is busted irrevocably because they're there and you're taking them down this winding path about remember on hat flap <laughs> No. On hat flap, where no. we we play, we take flapjacks and we put them in hats and we talk about it on a podcast. That's a good idea. Yeah, pistol shrimps. He, he does, and that's a real What's one too. Pistol. What is it? Pistol shrimps radio. What's pistol shrimps radio? It's where my friend Mark McConville and I do play by play of women's rec league basketball, but I don't know anything about sports. So, right. Yeah. Okay. These complete, you know, club bubble. Remember when we, I was on Club Bubble and you came on it and we pretended to be aliens that go back in time and fix people's teeth with a bonding method. Another good idea. Yeah. I mean, this is, these are infinite. You were involved in an infinite number of podcasts. Yeah. What uh, is sadly, that all about? I don't know. That's a good question. And, and, and you I, know what I will I, say? You're quite famous to these people. You, I didn't realize, I, I didn't realize I was working with someone who I think is clear makes most of the podcasts in America <laughs> and is in them. Um, every time, and I'm always like, oh my God, and I'm look, always looking back at you, yeah. Adam, because it's always a 10 minute conversation no. before we can put our headsets yes. on, because he's always saying like, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, and I also worked with you, Patton. No, no. Yes. Let me defend myself. Lamina, because, hamina, no, no. Lamina, hamina, domina, what's that? Well, that's the one where we pretend that we're in the Senate in 1850. But really, <laughs> I like this we're one. cookies made out of chocolate. No, cut and, that part. Uh, yeah. oh. in, uh, in, in, in Matt's defense, David Sedaris was a big Super Ego fan. Yeah, and I'm never schmoozing with these people. They look at me like, where do I know you? And I feel awkward saying, oh, I just want to say, here's where we met. And then they start speaking about it. I don't feel right about like furthering this conversation with them. And I don't want to take away from your time with them. So why is it that you're often wearing a T-shirt no. for <laughs> no. the podcast? You, you have a T-shirt that says, remember me from Super Ego? <laughs> no, Question mark? no. Yes, you do. No. And you've worn that. Remember me? <laughs> you know? From Flapstibble? Remember me What's from- Flapstibble? Oh, Flapstibble. Oh, my God. It's such a ridiculous podcast. It's one where you only pretend- You remember this? It's you and Ackerman pretend that you're in a hot air balloon and that you're investigating the weather sounds outside pretty good. of Spain. <laughs> sounds pretty good. And you just improvise it. I like that. The oh, one you. I'm most interested in and I would love to do with you is the Senate in the 1850s. Now, if that isn't a gold mine, come on, that would be brilliant. I'll do it- only if I can take my own life at the end of the episode. That's a hook. I love it. Yeah. Never been done on a podcast. It's a one and done podcast. Well, I, I started this out as sort of a what the heck's going on. Yeah. But it's clear to me that you are a podcast superstar, That I, and I was not aware of that. And um, I'm realizing that maybe if you're cool with it, when guests come in from now on, you could be wearing a bag over your head. Absolutely. And then we, re- we remove the bag after the interview's over. <laughs> So that then they can say, hey, 
I know you from uh, Wrist Toffee. What's that? Wrist Toffee. That's one of your best podcasts. Yeah. That's where you and Middleditch and Schwartz dip your wrists into toffee and then pretend <laughs> that uh, pretend that you are plow horses living during uh, the revolution in France. And it's a you know it's a podcast that's got it's burning up the charts. <laughs> Have it's we, on the uh, it's on the Hap Jabble Network. You should check it out. You can get it wherever podcasts are sold. Have Sona and I told you about the podcast we want to do? No, what's up? Don't don't bring Just this do up. It. Okay. Do it. Do it. No, no, no. Do it. Especially do it. this do week. It. Do, do it. it. Do it. Well, do it. A listener will have a problem with a telecommunications company, like they have a problem with their Verizon bill, and we call Verizon for them and get it settled. Okay. Can I tell you exactly this what's- This is the worst timing for you, this. It is amazing that pitch, you said this. Amazing. Hold on. This is absolutely true, and you didn't know. I didn't know that you were going to say that. Yeah. I didn't know that, this was going to happen. That's true. I didn't know any of this. You just said the most incredible thing. Day before yesterday, I'm in my office- and I hear shouting, shouting as if an intruder has made it into the Warner Brothers building that we're, we occupy. I already know I'm going to love Sona more. And is, and is trying to kill Sona, and she's fending them off verbally. And I come out into the hallway to find out what's going on, and she is in a full-on battle on the phone with someone from Verizon. God bless you, Sona. And it is Verizon. Yeah. And it is she is arguing because— they, and I'm on Sona's side with this, Verizon mistakenly dinged her credit when they shouldn't have. Oh. It, was a, it was a mistake. They never notified her. And she and her husband are interested in getting a home and getting a, a, you know, looking into a loan. And she's got this ding on her credit. And she is, I listened to her. She fought this person on Verizon, then fought another person, then another person stayed on the line. And it went on for maybe an hour and 45 minutes to two hours. And she was yelling so much that I ha I was like <laughs> creeping past her, assembling my lunch on my own quietly, trying to find the stuff that I don't, I don't know where it is. She's yelling, people are closing their doors. I eventually went to another floor because I couldn't conduct the business of making a show. While she was yelling, you were, I mean, you were heroic. First of all, you were fantastic. Oh, yeah, I was crushing it. You're you my hero because it. they depend on you quitting. Yeah. They no, depend and you know on She that. would not quit, and she kept saying, you have the power. You acknowledge that you probably didn't call me or, or you never emailed me. You have my email. You have my, you never, and the person was clearly on their end saying, well, I'm sorry. They do that fake yeah, empathy yeah, thing. I can't yeah. help you. And she said, no, you can change this. You can do it. And it turned into a pitch battle, but the result was that the producer, Jeff Ross, was hiding in his office. With the <laughs> yes. I was hiding on a different floor. Good. Poor, uh, poor David. Yes. Hopping, who sits next to Sona. When it was all over, he looked like a child who had watched his parents beat each other to death. <laughs> he just looked, he was shaken, like a shaken animal. Uh, the world needs this, and I tip my hat to you, Sona. Well, I can think we I would be— this? Can we use this to fix your Verizon? I yeah. think that I would be more into talking about this if I had won that dispute, but I did not you win. You did not? No, no. After I had to write a letter, and I included a letter I wrote them last January— that I had already written them. So it's it's an ongoing thing. Do you want us to get involved? And Let's use do a hashtag, I, fix um, Sona's credit, and send I, it at Verizon. Yeah, I'm, tr I'm trying to figure out, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the next steps are. But I sent it certified mail. They get it tomorrow. 
Oh. Verizon, you're getting a letter. Yeah. On, yeah, on April 18. They're quaking in their boots. I love yeah. you. They should be because the power of the people, you know? Good for you. Yeah. Well, hold on. Now, is it, let's just, as any good journalist, let's examine the possibilities of the other side. Mm. Is it possible that you're in the wrong, Sona? It is possible. Okay. That I'm in. <laughs> okay. But, you know, here, but here's the thing. Here's, here's where it gets frustrating for me. It's $129 that I owe them. What if we did this? What if you called Verizon and tried the phone call? Because you didn't really identify who you were last time. No, if, I don't like doing that. Hold I don't on, like hold on. doing that. I don't like playing the Conan card. Watch this. You call, I'll act it out for you because this is exactly how it's going to go. Um, hello, Verizon. This is Sheila. I'm recording your phone call because it has to be monitored. How can I help you, please? <coughs> yeah, hi. This is Sonam Obsession. May I have your information, please? What's your number? Okay, it's Thank you very much. Okay, I see your record now, Sona. Well, how can I help you? Well, I just wanted you to know that um, I'm having this little bit of a credit problem. Well, I empathize, and I'm sorry, but we can't really help you. Uh-huh, I know. But you see my boss, Conan. What? My boss, Conan. Wait a minute, did you say Conan? Yeah, my boss, Conan. You mean Conan O'Brien? Yeah, my boss, I just wanted to talk to you briefly about Conan! Other people getting on. Hello? Hello? Is this, is this someone who works for Conan O'Brien? Of, of, of podcast fame and 25 years on the air? Of bro- groundbreaking uh, comedy? Oh, 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 how can we help you? So anytime you want to do that, uh, be my guest. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Special thanks to Jack White for the theme song. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and the show is engineered by Will Beckton. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.